0: This morning, uh, around uh 7 o'clock, uh, B.J. texted me, at least that's when I got the text, and he said uh, his family is sick and he is not well, and so uh, he is uh, needing a stand-in today. And so, uh, <laughs> and so sometimes the weather well, scripture says, be ready in season and out of season. And so, uh, you know, one of the things they teach you in seminaries: is always be ready to give a word. Always be ready to say, to, to speak from your heart. But the Lord is speaking to you in your own life. And so that's what I want to do today, is really I want to talk about something the Lord has put on my heart, and I thought it was just for my life, I thought it was just for my family, but I think it's for all of us. It's something from my devotion, but something that's been ringing in my soul for the last week and a half, ever since I first read it in the Psalms. And so go ahead and turn to Psalm chapter 104, Psalm 104. And then as you're turning the eye, I'd like for us to to pray together. Go ahead and get there, and then we'll pray. Psalm 104. Let's pray together. Father, here we are at the beginning of a new year. And some even have made the (laughs) joke that's actually pretty funny. (laughs) 2022 sounds a lot like 2020 also. But Lord, when we think about it in your sovereign goodness and your sovereign plan, we know that that's not so. That you have a sovereign purpose and a design for every season, for every year. Not one calendar that we put up on the wall or set on our desk or that changes over electronically. Not a single millisecond represented by that piece of paper is in vain. When we know that you have a purpose, that you have a plan, and that you are good and you love us. Lord, you're working all things together for your glory and for our good. And so, Lord, as we begin 2022, we don't begin it with an air of cynicism. Lord, we begin it with a heart of expectation. Lord, knowing you are the God who works, you are the God who saves, you are the God who changes lives, You're the God who resurrects and redeems. And so, Lord, we gather together today to worship you, to praise your holy, holy, holy name. And, Lord, we ask you to work in our lives and in our families and in our church and in this community this year. Lord, I pray that we would be refreshed and renewed and transformed by the gospel, by your words. You know we need refreshing rains from heaven in the Spirit. And so, Lord, even as the snows have poured forth abundantly on the mountains, Lord, I pray that you would pour forth your rains abundantly on our souls to give us new, refreshing life in Jesus in 2022. Lord, that is our heart's desire. Lord, we're sinners and we are in need of your forgiveness and grace. Lord, we ask for your forgiveness, confessing our sins to you. Lord, we know that we will receive your forgiveness upon our confession of our sins, past, present, and future. Lord, you have paid for them all because of your all-sufficient merit, sacrificing yourself on the cross. And so, Lord, we thank you that we are redeemed because of your death and resurrection. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to live as the redeemed people of God this year. Lord, we give you all the praise and thanks for it. And Lord, we ask you to speak to us from your word. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Psalm chapter 104. That's, I'm going to preach the whole thing, but I want to pick up in verse 31 because there's a phrase in the, verse 31 through the end of the passage that I want to use as our, as our theme for this morning. Look at verse 31. He says, may the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works. He looks at the earth and it trembles. He touches the hills and they smoke. I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God while I have my being. My meditation of him shall be sweet. I will be glad in the Lord. May sinners be consumed from the earth and the wicked be no more. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Praise the Lord. Lord, I pray that you would speak through me today. Lord, help me rest in you and your word. Lord, I pray that you would Give us a word from you. Lord, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The phrase I want to point out to you from this passage is simply this. I will be glad in the Lord. If I could put a theme over this year, it would be this. I will be glad in the Lord." It's a decision. It's a decision. You might think gladness is based upon circumstances. But here in this passage, we see that gladness is a decision. It's a decision that you can make in your soul, in your life, as the redeemed people of God, as one who has been resurrected in your soul. Pass from death into life, a decision. I will be glad in the Lord. You know, so oftentimes in our lives we we fill that in with different things. I will be glad when it warms up. <laughs> I will be glad when the snow melts. <laughs> I will be glad when I get to go on vacation. I'll be glad when COVID is over. I will be glad when Jesus comes back. I will be glad when we have a new president. (laughs) I will be glad when whatever, (laughs) whatever it is you fill it in with your heart and your life, I would be glad when I get a raise. I would be I would be glad when it's summertime. I would be, I would be glad when when the Chiefs beat the Broncos. Sorry, BJ <laughs> and family. <laughs> I, I, I would be glad when when we don't have to watch Alabama Georgia anymore. <laughs> that type of gladness is based upon circumstances. That type of gladness is based upon the creation, is based upon things that might be true tomorrow and might not be true on Tuesday. But here we have a gladness that lasts beyond, that is not of this world, a gladness that can be steadfast and secure, a gladness that not, is not based upon circumstances but a gladness that is based in an everlasting rock. A gladness that is based on the never-changing faithfulness of God. Hebrews chapter 13, 8 says this. It says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And my challenge for my own life, and, and I think in God's sovereign goodness, the challenge for you today is this where will your gladness be in 2022? Is your gladness based on, I hope things change, or I hope this happens, or I hope that... Now, certainly we have things that we, we want to take place. And certainly we have longings that things will transform or that people will be saved, or even good things. But I think even if our longing... For gladness is in good things. I pray for revival in this country. I pray for people to be saved. I pray for a lot of things to happen. But my gladness doesn't need to rest in the fulfillment of those hopes. Even even good hopes. Even godly hopes. I pray for a full congregation again. My heart aches for that. But my gladness cannot be based in that because I know not what the future holds. But I do know this that we have a God who changes not. And because of his goodness, because of his sovereign grace, because he is the God who is coming again. And one day the whole earth will be full of his glory. Within my soul, I can make this decision and put a stake in the ground here on the second Sunday of 2022. I will it's a future tense beginning in the present moving into the future. I will from this time forward be glad in the Lord. That decision to be glad in the Lord is a weapon against complaining. It's a weapon against grumbling. It's a weapon against this heart and this soul and this tendency that we have in this culture today to to find the things that are wrong with everything. How many of your conversations in the last year surrounded and revolved about what's wrong in the world? what's wrong in your life, what's wrong in your family, what's wrong in the government, what's wrong in the church, what's wrong in the world, what's wrong in theology, what's wrong in the government, what's wrong in whatever, what's wrong in my friends, what's wrong in my work, what's wrong at my school, what the leaders are making wrong decisions about. I've walked that road. It's not the pathway to gladness. It's the pathway to despair. It's the pathway to depression. It's the pathway to hopelessness. Because in those moments you are living life as the author of the Ecclesiastes says you are living a life of vanity because you're pretending that the only source of gladness can be found under the sun. S-U-N. Whereas we are looking for gladness in this world and in the created things, rather than in the source of gladness, whom Psalm 1611 says this, it says, in your presence there is fullness of joy, and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. This decision to be glad in God banishes complaining and grumbling and lead you away from the pathway of despair into the pathway of gladness because your source of gladness is not based upon this world but is a based upon an everlasting rock. Does that mean you're always smiling? Does that mean you never cry if you'd make the decision this year to be glad in God? Does that mean you're never going to ache? No, it doesn't mean that at all. In fact, there are some very grievous things that happen in this world. In fact, he says it in verse 35, May sinners be consumed from there." There's this grief that this psalmist has in his soul about what the, the effect of sin on creation, the effect of sin on people's lives. That ought to continue to grieve us. But in the midst of our grief, And in the midst of our struggle with a sin sick world, we can have a gladness in God that is outside of this world. Now, how do you be glad in God? How do you be glad in the Lord? I think you'd be glad in the Lord. It's kind of like this if you have a fireplace, that's not like my fireplace at home, where you you just turn it on on the switch on the wall and it comes on. But if you have the kind of fireplace I wish I had, when <laughs> that you had to put wood on it, then you have to feed the flame in order to, with wood, in order for it to keep going. The same, I think, is true of your gladness in God. Your gladness in God has to be fanned into flame, has to be fed. How do you feed gladness in God's? You feed gladness in God by spending time with God. Because to be with God is to know Him. And for Him to work in your life and to speak into your soul and for you to get the realization that indeed the control room of the universe is not unoccupied since 2020. That God is in control. We may not know all of the plans. We know that in Jeremiah, he says, I know the plans that I have for you. And if you're anything like me, if you're a planner, great, give me the plans. (laughs) Tell me what you're doing. But he doesn't do that. He simply invites you into relationship with him. And he says, trust me and know me. And to know him is to trust him. The way you fan into flame gladness in God is by spending time with God. How do you spend time with God? Well, you know the answer to that. Get in his words. I commend to you a Bible reading plan. You may have one. You may not have one. But have a plan to read through the Bible. My particular plan is called the five-day-a-week reading plan. The reason five days a week is because it gives me two to catch up if I get behind. Amen. And may be with me on that. <laughs> so I like that because there's sometimes life happens, or let's just be real. Pastor Pillow sometimes preaches a really good sermon in the morning, and I want to hear longer sermons. <laughs> and so <clears throat> sometimes I attend bedside Baptist with Pastor Pillow, Brother Blanket, and Sister Sheets. Man, it's a good sermon. <laughs> sometimes it's difficult. It's real but get in the word the five day week bible reading it goes through the bible in a year and every day you have a portion of the old testament and the new testament and one of the things i love my favorite book in the bible is the psalms and it spreads the psalm throughout the year and it spreads the proverbs throughout the year i just want i want always to be worshiping the lord through the psalms and so five day you can google that five i'll put it on my facebook page five day week bible reading plan i'll print some out for you as well And I'll put put it in that link in the newsletter. But I commend that to you. You're only a week behind. You can catch up. Uh, There's plenty of time to catch up. Be in the word. Spend time in prayer. I mean, really pray this year. Really spend time interceding. Begin with worship and worship God for who He is. Worship God through the Psalms. Worship God through the Word. Dave Dollar put a great resource on our, on our Facebook page yesterday. It's by Donald Whitney. It's called Praying Through the Bible, Praying Through the Psalms. I commend that resource to you. Watch those videos or get that book. It's really cheap. It's like four bucks on Kindle right now. But I commend that to you. Learn how to pray through the Word of God. Use the Psalms or use the Bible as material for stoking the fan or stoking the flames of the fire in your soul to be glad in the Lord's. Be in church. Don't underestimate this time that we have every week to gather together. If you take a log out of the fire and put it by itself, it will not burn as brightly as if the log is in the fire with other pieces of wood that are also burning. The same is true in your life. When it comes to being glad in the Lord, your gladness in God is only increased as you are surrounded by others who are also glad in the Lord. And so be in community with other believers, but not only in this setting, but find a smaller group a life group, and also a smaller group, two or three like-minded individuals, three or four, maybe five like-minded individuals that can come together and talk about what the Lord is doing in your life. And talk about how God is speaking to you and pray for each other. And talk about those times when you feel dry and you don't really feel very glad in the Lord's, And pray for each other that you would be glad in the Lord. Pray that you would be glad in God's. I think that's one of the ways that you turn this passage into a prayer. As you read this, I will be glad in the Lord, and you turn it back into your own soul. And Lord, sometimes I don't feel very glad in you. And you turn that back into prayer, back to God, and ask God, God, what what you're doing in the life of the psalmist here? I don't know who the psalmist is in the psalm, but whoever this is, do that in my life. Change my heart so that I will be glad in you. Jonathan Edwards said it like this, warm my affections to you, O Lord. Sometimes our affections for the Lord get cold like the winter. Warm our hearts, warm our affections to the Lord. Now, this phrase, I will be glad in the Lord, happens in a context It's in the context of Psalm 104, which is what is called a creation psalm. Here in this particular psalm, the psalmist has obviously, as we'll read through it, has been meditating on creation, has been meditating on Genesis chapter 1 and 2. In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth and the earth was formless and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep and God said, let there be light and there was light. He was meditating on these glorious realities of creation and as he meditated on creation he realized that the creation event itself has implications on how he should live his life as a believer. Now, why should we be glad in God? Let's begin in verse 1, and we'll find that we should be glad in God because He is our Creator. Let's begin in verse 1. I just want to walk through this first section of this psalm. In verse 1, he says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. O Lord, you are very great. It begins with worship. You are clothed with honor and majesty who cover yourself with light as a garment, and stretch out the heavens like a curtain. Think about that. Think about how you could use that very Psalm 104 verses 1 and 2 to begin your own prayer in your own personal devotional life. Oh Lord, you are great. You are clothed with honor and majesty, worshiping the Lord. And then you can see the echoes of creation in this Psalm. You cover yourself with light as with a garment. God said, let there be light. So he's clothing himself with light. He's stretching out the heavens like a curtain with a word. Verse 3 and 4. He lays the beams of his upper chambers in the waters, who makes the clouds his chariot, who walks in the wings of the winds? who makes everything His angels' spirits, His ministers' flames of fire. So there is this image of God, sovereign, clothed in light, wrapping Himself in light, creating the heavens, creating His own abode, creating the streets of gold, creating all of that that we long for. God creating the heavens and the earth and filling the heavens with myriads upon myriads of angels. Here we have the creation account in the Psalms of God creating the angels as ministering spirits. In fact, the very word "angel" in the New Testament means messenger or minister of the Lord. His flames of fire; these fiery beings. Verse, verse five through nine. Let's look at that. Not only did he make the heavens, but verse five: you laid, you who laid the foundations of the earth, so that it should not be moved forever. You covered it with the deep as, the, as a garment. Remember, darkness was over the face of the deep. The waters stood above the mountains. Genesis 1-2, so we see the earth and the waters. At your rebuke, they fled. Boom, God speaks, and there is dry land. At the voice of your thunder, they run away. They went up over the mountains. They went down into the valleys to the place where you founded for them. You have set a boundary that they may not pass over, that they may not return to cover the earth. Now think about that. The God who can thunder against the waters covering the earth and they flee from him. If you feel like after 2020 and 2021, going into 2022, that the waters of the problems of this world are beginning to drown you, You can be glad in the Lord. Because at a word, every one of those problems can flee. That's why you can be glad in the God of creation. Look at verses 10 through 13. He sends springs. Think about the imagery here of creation. He sends springs into the valleys. Think about there's no spring there. God says, let there be springs. And there's springs in the valleys. They flow among the hills. They give drink to every beast of the field. The wild donkeys quench their thirst. By them the birds of the heaven have their home. They sing among the branches. He waters the hills from his upper chambers. The earth is satisfied with the fruit of your works. There we have the beauty of the hills, the beauty of the mountains, the beauty of the valleys. Over the the last couple of weeks, I took advantage of some time off. Thank you very much for that. And thank you to Todd, and thank you for BJ for preaching so well for me. But one of the things I got to do in the past couple of weeks is I got to go, I got to go snowshoeing. <clears throat> and, I, and I hate to sh- tell my secrets of where I like to go, but I'll tell you. <laughs> we, went, uh, we went to blewett Pass, and oh my word, huh. I have never seen such stunning beauty in my life. Looking over the Cascade Mountains, freshly covered in snow, and the beauty of it was when we were the only ones there. That was also nice. <laughs> but also to see the fresh fallen snow and to hear the the brooks and to see the, some of the frozen uh, streams, and just to hear some of the birds singing. And then most of the time it was just stunned silence and awe. And I'm like, God. Most of the time, folks can't even get here to see this. <laughs> they're too busy or it's covered in snow like it is this week. And it's there for your glory and for your good pleasure. He is the God who makes things beautiful. Look at verse 14. He causes the grass to grow for the cattle and the vegetation for the service of man that he may bring forth food from the earth. So now he's coming towards the fields and he's coming towards the peak of his creation, mankind, and wine that make glad the heart of man, oil to make his face shine, bread that strengthens man's heart. He provides for us food. The trees of the Lord are full of sap, the cedars of Lebanon, which he planted, where the birds make their nest. The stork has her home in the fir trees. The high hills for, are for the wild goats. The cliffs for a refuge for the rock badgers and the elk. Number 19, verse 19. He appointed the moon for its seasons. The sun knows it's going down. You make darkness, which is night, in which all the beasts of the forest creep about. The young lions roar after their prey and seek their food from God. When the sun rises, they gather together and lie down in their dens. Man goes out to his work and to his labor until the evening. O Lord, how manifold are your works. In wisdom you have made them all. Now catch this. The earth is full of your possessions. Why can you be glad in God? You can be glad in God because God is the creator and the sustainer of it all. You can be glad in God because he made you. You can be glad in God because He sustains you and will continue to sustain you. You know, I think about that. Sometimes we look at the world. One of the things, one of the reasons why we drive into church on Sunday morning and we see a beautiful sunrise is we see there is a reminder in our very creation of the goodness and the beauty and the glory of God. God. And if God is for us, who can be against us? You can be glad in God because the very one who spoke and billions of galaxies were formed, the one who spoke and the cascades were made the one who keeps the storehouses of snow and sends them out upon the mountainside, sometimes in little bits like he did, does in Denver this year and sometimes in loads like he does on White Bass this year. <laughs> he is sovereign. And this is stunning to me. This is the God who every single morning when my alarm goes off and the coffee goes on, that's A hint for a good quiet time. (laughs) Have a good cup of coffee there in my chair. And the creator of the universe wants to talk to me. And he wants to talk to you. And he wants to do some great things in your life. Don't ever think you have a reason not to be glad in God. I mean, the one who who did all that, that we just read, worthy of, of, of writing a psalm about. Loves you. And he died so that you could have a relationship with him. And he waits in anticipation every day to meet with you over his words, to speak to you. And not only does he want to speak to you, he invites you to speak to him and express to him all of your concerns casting all of your burdens all of your cares on him because he not only is the creator he's not the creator that makes everything and says i hope it all works out (laughs) but He's the creator that is actively involved in his creation every day in your life every day in the mountains every day in the valleys every day in this crazy mixed up messed up world that he is working all things to his glory and for our good. Look there at verse 25. This wide and great sea in which are innumerable teeming things, living things, both small and great. There, The ships sail about. There is that Leviathan which you made to play there. I don't even know what that is. Maybe a dinosaur. Maybe, maybe a sea monster. We don't know. Verse 27 these all wait for you, that you give them food in their due season. What you give them, they gather in. Open your hand, they are filled with good. You hide your face, they are troubled. You take away their breath. They die and return to the dust. You send forth your spirit, and they are created. And you renew the face of the earth. Not only is God the creator, but God is the sustainer. I can be glad in God because he is my creator. I could be glad in God because he is my sustainer. Sustainer of my life sustainer of my joy sustainer of my gladness sustainer of my faith do you know why i believe in the perseverance of the saints do you know why i believe that once you are saved that it can never be taken away from you it's not because you're awesome and you work hard at it (laughs) it's not because i'm awesome even though we're called to work The only reason we can work is because God is the sustainer and keeper of our faith. The reason why we stay Christians is because God keeps us in faith. He is the keeper, He is the sustainer, He is the provider. He is the one who cares for us. I can have joy in the Lord. I can be glad in God because He is the keeper and sustainer. Then, verse 31 I can be glad in God because He is glorious. May the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in His works. You think creation is awesome? You think that sunrise is awesome? You think the snow in the mountains is awesome? Look at God. He is, as they might say in Hebrew, awesome, awesome, awesome. Or as I might say, He is the mostest awesomeness. <laughs> you can't think of a superlative great enough to describe the glory of of God he looks on the earth it trembles he touches the hills and they smoke and then our response to this awesome God I will sing to the Lord as long as I live I will sing praise to God while I have my being you are an eternal soul and so forever worship God my meditation of him shall be sweet a key to gladness in God is set your mind on God. The world is constantly vying for your attention to distract you from gladness in God, to get you to worry, to get you to be angry, to get you to be whatever, instead of righteous anger, self-righteous anger. But he says there, my meditation of him shall be sweet. I will be glad in the Lord. How can you be glad in the Lord? Set your mind on things above, not on things of this world. And he will give you gladness that cannot be found in this culture, that cannot be found in this world. I will be glad in the Lord. Verse 35, what's that about? May sinners be consumed from the earth And the wicked be no more. Bless the Lord O my soul. Praise the Lord. The answer here is a biblical theology of if God is the creator, what is wrong with the world? Why why do so many things bad happen in the world? Why isn't it perfect? If God did all of these things, why isn't the world glorious? The reason why is because sin has entered the world. We live in a world in rebellion against its creator. And we know that this world in rebellion and against this creator, God intended to receive glory from every one of its creatures, and he redeemed this rebellious world by entering into the story Himself, by being, like we celebrated at Christmas, being born of a virgin lived a perfect life, died on the cross for your sins, rose again from the grave so that you could be redeemed, so that sinful creation, messed up world could be redeemed. Will you trust in Him? This last verse, verse 35, shows us that not everybody will be glad in God. Not everybody will have This inner sense of satisfaction that comes from the Creator Sustainer, the only source of satisfaction possible in this world. And so you have a choice over 2022. When you turn the calendar on to 2022, this world doesn't determine whether you'll be glad or whether you'll be grumbly. Are you going to be glad? Are you going to be grumbly? The choice really is yours. Whatever's going to happen this year is going to happen. It's going to be what it's going to be. You get to decide what your attitude's going to be. You get to decide whether or not you will be glad in God. And my encouragement, my encouragement for you, and my challenge for you, and know I've been talking to myself about this all week long. My encouragement and my challenge for you as we begin 2022 be as glad in God as you possibly can be. And I want you to pray for me that I would be the happiest pastor in the world. not because of circumstances because I want to be the happiest pastor in God the gladdest person in God may the Lord do that in our lives in 2022 let's meditate on these things for a moment and then let's respond together Father, we come before you today, and Lord, we thank you for your words. Lord, even as I preached today, I felt conviction in my own soul of times when I put gladness in God on the back burner and filled my heart and life with complaining, with angst, with anxieties, with the worries of this world, the worries of this age. Lord, I know I'm not alone Lord, I pray for your forgiveness. Lord, I ask you that you would do a new work in my soul and in our lives this year as a church. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to be glad in the Lord. Help us to find our delight and our gladness in God. Lord, do that work in our lives this year. Help us to put a line in the sand that says, I will be glad in the Lord. Do that work in our lives, we pray. Work during this time response. In Jesus' name we pray.